0: Welcome to episode 41 of the Coffee Break podcast, the official podcast of ABC Massachusetts and the Gould Construction Institute. My name is Dan and joined every week by Allison Jackson and Mike Maloney. To start off this episode, we want to thank our presenting partner, Deco. Deco provides specialized construction, maintenance and fabrication services to leading biopharmaceutical technology and industrial clients throughout New England. Thank you to Deco for supporting the podcast.
1: And we'd like to thank our sponsor for the lightning round, TrueWork.com. That's T-R-U-E-W-E-R-K.com. TrueWork has given us a promo code for our listeners. So if anybody goes to TrueWork.com that listens to the ABC GCI Coffee Break podcast, use code Gould15 to get 15% off.
0: We're excited to have one of our neighbors here in the Unicorn Office Park on this week rachel james from northwestern mutual mike tell me about uh rachel
2: we're pretty lucky that rachel's not only a neighbor of ours but an abc member and she came on to talk to us about what northwestern mutual does for our members as well as talk to us about her being a knucklehead and her being into cars so she's big into cars gearhead so let's uh, hear from rachel with us today is rachel james from northwest mutual we are very happy to have her on today she is our neighbor pretty much in this next building over so rachel thanks for coming on today
3: Thanks so much, Mike, for having me on the podcast. I'm super stoked to to talk with you today and um, just big advocate of what you guys are doing down the street.
2: Awesome. Thank you. And like I said, before we even when the podcast got started, you know, you're a big deal, Rachel James, when you got your own logo in the background. So if you know who <coughs> Rachel James is, she is a big deal out there. She's does a lot for the trade. So we're lucky to have her. So Rachel, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do for Northwest Mutual and how you came about working for them.
3: Yeah. Um, so I am a former mechanic. I went to vocational high school and uh, East Coast Aerotech. So I actually went to school to work on planes. Um, but through a weird turn of events, I, I really stayed in the automotive side of things. So I worked for the Nissan dealer, which is on 93-128, like the the fork there. Uh, started my career as a technician there and then moved to a Chevy Hyundai dealer and as you can imagine, most uh, late '90s, early 2000s, there weren't many female mechanics back then. So uh, I had a lot of exposure and I had a lot of really good leadership. And um, I got picked up by a manufacturer who sent me to night school, and I got my bachelor's in business. And you know, the role that ultimately I I got was to help blue collar business owners look at their you know balance sheets and their financials and identify weak points in profitability, and then know i got some green belt lean six sigma training and then we would sort of do some process improvement where we'd observe what the employees were doing and then kind of come back with a formal plan of like okay maybe this is how we can fix your your business and and move it in the right direction and um, i loved that job i've been very passionate with blue collar everything because to be honest i was definitely a knucklehead in high school so it wasn't for blue collar anything I, i don't know where i would be but Um, I've always been really passionate and and given back to the vocational schools. I am an active participant at Whittier tech. Um, I really like skills USA. Like, I just think it's such a great path for anybody, regardless of, you know, whether it's electrical plumbing, HVAC, construction, automotive, like it's just such a great career path. Um, you know, my younger brother's a plumber. We've just very, very passionate, I think, across the board. And, um, ultimately the role that I had at that old company was just too demanding nationally and it was so much travel. I couldn't sustain it. Uh, you know, I'm married with a kid. It just got to a point where it was like, Oh my gosh. And the career opened itself up at Northwestern mutual, which was really cool. And I teamed up with, um, an advisor, Doug, who's a, an active member. He's been a member of the ABC for years and he worked with blue collar business owners and showed me so much, you know, I learned so much from him. Um, and really it became clear that I could help blue-collar business owners with planning in a way that was different than what I had done, but incorporating what I know. And really the, the mission I've been on is to help blue-collar business owners kind of think through their future and and the labor shortage, employees shortage has been such a an interesting um challenge before COVID that you know now post-COVID, it's it's beyond challenging, right? Like it's, it was certainly a problem before COVID for all of us, but now um, it's significant. It's very hard to find talented people to work for construction companies or HVAC or, you know, whatever the the blue collar business, it's very challenging. So a lot of work has been around that.
2: uh, Back to the mechanic piece now. So who taught you, what made you want to be a mechanic? What was that all about?
3: Um, It was, (laughs) to the earlier point of being a knucklehead. Um, so um, My dad was an airplane mechanic. So our childhood was really centric around planes and cars and not uncommon to have a car in the driveway at all times that we were repairing or fixing or restoring. Um, I spent most weekends at the dragway and I tried conventional college after high school. And didn't even make it through a semester and realized like this is just not something that I'm. I, I didn't have the the mental space for it at at 18, 19 years old. And my dad was kind of like, well, why don't you go do something that you like? And I, at the time, was really into cars and our friends were we were doing like the how, Halloween howler and gutting cars and racing them on you know the tracks and stuff and. I thought, okay, maybe I'll go to school for auto mechanics. But my dad kind of challenged me on it. was like, well, why don't you think about East Coast Aerotech? Because you'll learn HVAC, plumbing, electrical sheet metal, welding, engine mechanics, you know, refinishing. You'll learn so many more skills in one school versus going to an automotive school. You'll only learn one craft. So I looked at a bunch of local schools and um, I I ultimately chose East Coast, because I, I did. I learned so many different skill sets. So, like, you know, what's funny is, like, in my household, like, if a light breaks, like, I'm the one reinstalling a light fixture in our house, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. or, or we need this or that, you know. So, I, I have enough information to be dangerous
2: you're like, hold on a second. I'm Rachel James. I can fix this thing. I don't, I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't need to call We're a repair guy. I'm a person. I'm Rachel James. I got this. Yeah, but so, so- with, with your heavy involvement in the trades, just through the vocational schools, where do you see the industry heading? Where do you think that's the next say five or 10 years is going to look like for the trades?
3: That's a great question. The employee shortage is difficult. Uh, you know, for the majority, I see most, so most associations that I go to most businesses that I go to, the average age is 45 plus. There are very few young laborers, technicians, you know, skills, craftsmen, whatever you want to call it at any business level. And I think we're going to have a little bit of difficulty or we're going to have to greenfield some people or or groom young people into new roles. Um, Technology is shifting across all of these different industries. It doesn't matter what you're into, you know. The car industry that I have so much like affinity to, that industry is just wild with, you know, electric cars and all these new features of cars being able to park themselves and that kind of thing. It's creating a change and shift in what we need out of our people. Um, you know, as as even so far as the administrative side of the business. I think that's becoming even more and more cumbersome for blue collar business owners as well. It's not only do you have to have the skill to, to fix or build or make, you also need to have the admin side. So we're kind of looking for this unicorn um, to come into all of our businesses and it's very difficult. So I think there's going to be some challenges there, but I also think there's going to be a lot of opportunity. I just was reading an article recently about the 1950s compared to now and how back in the 1950s a large portion of our workforce was blue collar labor technicians and now in you know the 2020s it's mostly admin and managerial so my hope is that we can somehow create a shift to create more uh interest at a young level into the trades because it's truly one of the best career paths there is in my opinion there are so as all the people who are in their 60s start to retire All sorts of new positions will open up, which means that all the people who are in their 20s and 30s will have this opportunity to promote into even better positions. And from a young person's perspective, you don't necessarily need to do the hard work per se, like there are so many other jobs within the industry that are, you know, white collar, if you, you know, the white collar of the blue collar, I guess, right? Right. Like you can be in a job where you work at a desk or work, you know, on a phone or work from a truck or a car and it's a a quote unquote cleaner job. Right. So I think there's a lot of opportunity, there's a tremendous amount of opportunity looking ahead for the blue collar industry. It's just where it's going to- You can
0: call that a baby blue collar.
3: A baby blue <laughs> car. I like that. <laughs> a baby blue car. I'm to
2: feel Yeah, you kind of hit it in the beginning. You said you know you were working at a dealership and leadership saw something in you, right, where they said they took you off from underneath the hood of the car, or under the car, and they were like, listen, we want to send you to a class. And what we think you've got everything it takes. So mm-hmm. it comes down to the leadership. So I think it comes down to some leadership or business owners seeing the potential in people and saying, listen, you know, I know you're a hell of a technician, but we want to work on your management skills we want to work on your soft skills customer service whatever it is right so taking them and saying listen I want to send you to school whether it be some type of degree whatever right that it comes down to leadership is there one particular leader that you remember that stuck out in your in your mind as someone that took a chance on you and and rolled the dice and and wanted to see you grow
3: yeah um there's a few people for sure um there was a, a guy uh Gary Brown who took a chance for sure and helped me transition off the shop into distribution, which ultimately got me the job at the manufacturer level. So he certainly saw something and really helped open my eyes. He's still a mentor today. I just talked to him last week, like someone I really idolize in a lot of ways. And then um, a guy by the name of Mike, uh, worked at the manufacturer, and he's who advocated for me to get education and to continue on, and really propelled you know my career. And without the two of them, I don't think you know my path would have been wildly different. And I you know I think what's interesting that you mentioned Mike is like generationally, as we all get older, we always look at the younger generation and have that ah oh, like yep. they don't get it, they don't get it. Yep. We forget that at one time we were that young and didn't quite get it and. You know, didn't have all the answers. So I think it's important as the leaders of the industry of whatever blue collar industry you're in, it's important to remind yourself that the people working for you have not walked the same steps as you and are just never going to know the same things, you know, and sometimes you're going to have to articulate the simple um, because I see this all the time. Common sense is not commonplace the people working for you might just not have seen, they just might have never been exposed to something that you've seen 20,000 times. So um, oftentimes the frustration with the younger workforce is because they just don't know. They don't know the simple stuff. And generationally they don't know that they shouldn't wear slippers to the interview. They don't know (laughs) that, you know, that's inappropriate. Like, and once you tell them, Oh, okay, got it. All right. The vocational schools, I've always been an advocate um, in At my, in my old career, I used to serve on almost every school board in the state of mass. And we used to do these like interview classes for the kids. And we'd say, all right, we're going to do like a mock interview day, come in well-dressed and we're going to interview you. And some of the students would come in, in slippers or furry boots or, and, and some of that came from, they didn't have the money. So in some cases it was just, there was no funding, you know, they didn't have a choice. That's what they had. Um, And some of it was they just didn't know. They didn't have parents that said or told them, hey, look, you know, if you're going to an interview, you need to do X, Y and Z. So it's interesting at the high school level, there's such a broad spectrum of what kids are exposed to um, personally and what they know needs to be done. So we actually used to we after that happened the first year, we incorporated that into like the. The program of like hey look this is what it means you know with pictures like here's the types of if you're a girl boy you know whatever, whatever these days however you claim yourself to be like here's some examples of yep. clothes that would be appropriate for the
2: interview so we talked a lot about cars skilled trade stuff we'll talk about the meat and potatoes now of northwest mutual a abc member long-standing member mm-hmm. what are some things that northwest mutual can do for the members if they don't know already about it.
3: There's a tremendous amount of stuff, you know, Doug has so much bandwidth too. So, you know, Doug's been a huge partner of mine and there's just endless amounts of things, but most of it's around financial planning. So succession planning, um, valuing your business, you know, determining, should you sell that business to private equity, sell it to an employee, sell it to your kids? You know, what does that landscape look like? Uh, all sorts of group benefits. Um, life insurance, you know, there's a, a whole plethora of things that can be used in the planning scope. So it's truly a full comprehensive planning firm that, you know, works with investments, insurance, and and in planning.
2: I wish someone had told me that way back when I was a young man, because I, I sent my son to school and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. So I, someone could have guided me along the way. It would have been much better. But uh, if someone wants to get a hold of you, Rachel, what's the best way to do it?
3: I'm on every possible social platform. Um, I'm listed, I'm sure, in the ABC or Doug is listed, um, you know, cell phone, email. Like I'm, you You Google it, you can find. If you Google my name and Northwestern Mutual, it'll pop up in every possible way.
2: Awesome. Thank you. So here, here comes everybody's favorite part of the podcast now. It's the lightning round. And we're going to start you off. So it's 10 rapid fire questions. Rachel, here we go. What fictional family would you most like to join? Uh,
3: what's the one um, that, shoot, what's the one that was like the 90s show?
2: Full House? No, Home Improvement. Home Improvement. Ooh, all right. That's a good one. Uh, what bucket list item do you most want to check off in the next six months?
3: Visit a new state.
2: Do you prefer big dogs or small dogs? Medium. I know this is going to be a good one. Does your car have a name and what is it?
3: It doesn't have a name. Um, I don't name my cars Although maybe one would think I would uh, But it's a forerunner
2: really uh, what, Which movie made you laugh the hardest?
3: <laughs> Bridesmaids.
2: Are you most productive in the morning or at night? Morning What was the worst job you ever had?
3: Oh, selling lawn care in the
2: winter How would you describe your job to a five-year-old?
3: I help people with money
2: The most famous person you've ever met
3: Ooh uh, Norm Abram No uh, <laughs> I didn't meet him I actually get to work on his car
2: uh, <laughs> I thought you said Chip Foose. You said Norm Abram. I thought Chip Foose would be number yeah, one. Yeah, no, no, guy. no. It was
3: kind of a joke. No, All I worked right. on I, I worked on Norm Abram's car years ago, but um, and he didn't say hi to me. Uh, uh which, yeah, total snub. Uh, but Chip Foose is a big one. Um, I've got some cool people.
0: Bonus question for the lightning round: If you were in a food fight, what would be your quote weapon of choice? <laughs> what food would you throw in a food fight?
3: um well in fifth grade I did have a food fight in the cafeteria and Cheez-Its was my weapon of choice (laughs) we won't tell your son
2: we won't tell your son that (laughs) mommy had a food fight I
3: definitely got in trouble for that um but but in hindsight I would have gone for mashed potatoes
2: yes mashed potatoes (laughs) the sploosh yeah that's a
3: great question
2: fantastic groundbreaking journalism Rachel we told you that I know I know this is a great
3: this is a great dialogue
2: all right. Well, thanks, Rachel James, uh, for all your help with Skills USA. Thanks so much for being an advocate for the skilled trades. We appreciate it so much, especially from the ABC side. Thank you very much to Northwest Mutual, and uh, we'll see you soon.
3: Thank you. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you again to Rachel James
0: for coming on the podcast. Even though she's not directly involved in the trades necessarily, it is a passion of hers, and that's absolutely fantastic to see. She's been helping out our director of workforce development, Steve Sullivan, in the Skills USA competition as a judge so thank you to Rachel uh Allison what do we have coming up for trainings
1: We have a couple things going on Next week and going into October. So, on September 28th, we'll be starting off a four day OSHA 30 hour for construction class. That is actually going to be at our new satellite location in Plymouth, Massachusetts, at Interstate's new location in Plymouth. Check out that one. That's going to be a really good one. Then, we have an intro to project management class coming up. We're starting that up again with our partnership with Wentworth. So, that's also going to be starting on September 28th, and that's going to go through the middle of November, and that will be a virtual course, again, partnering with Wentworth. And then on October 15th, we have a sheet metal prep for exam class here at the ABC GCI Woburn office. So you can check those out and all of the rest of the classes that we have coming up at gwgci.org forward slash events.
0: And also don't forget to sign up for the ABC and GCI step into safety event. Join us as we recognize our STEP award winners and have a day dedicated to safety in the construction industry. That's going to be taking place on October 13th at the Sunbelt Rentals location in Avon. Registration information for that can be found on the ABC website. Uh, Coming up next week, we're going to have Jim Abbott of Claro Advisors. Jim actually used to work for ABC Mass. He was a, a former membership director. And as we gear up towards October, which is membership month, he is going to be coming on to talk to us about what he does and uh, the value of the ABC membership. So be sure to tune in next week to hear from Jim before we wrap up this week's episode. We want to thank our presenting partner Deco. Thank you for supporting the podcast. We also want to thank our lightning round sponsor, true work. Use promo code Gould15 to receive 15% off your purchase. Be sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Android Podcasts. And while you're on there, be sure to give us five stars because we know you love listening to us and we'll catch you all next week.